Welcome to Five Things About. Five Things About is for you and your inner curious cat. The part of you that just loves to know what others know about experiences, inventions, ideas, people and places. Today we explore five things about what it's like being a frontline healthcare worker. Around the world, during this COVID pandemic, we acknowledge, appreciate and applaud our frontline healthcare workers. They do a job which they understand puts them at risk, but they do it anyway, as they embrace their vocation to help people. I'm Chris Hatzis, and our host, Dr. Andy Horvath, talks to Dr. Alex McCutcheon, a recent alumni of the Faculty of Medicine, Dentistry and Health Sciences at the University of Melbourne, and a healthcare worker who recently contracted COVID-19. Alex, if I met you at a barbecue, how would you introduce yourself? My name's Dr. Alex McCutcheon. I'm 27 and I'm a doctor at one of Melbourne's busiest hospitals. I grew up in Fairfield, went to high school in Richmond and was lucky enough to go to the University of Melbourne where I studied the Bachelor of Science finishing in 2014 and then jumped straight into the Doctor of Medicine, um, which I finished in 2018. So you've graduated. What's the title of your job? That's an interesting question. It changes every year. I was an intern last year, my first year out of medical school, and this year I'm a resident. So it changes every year. Which specialities do you like to work in? In internship, everyone has to rotate through emergency medicine, surgery, general medicine, and then um, we have a few electives. And then in a resident role, we rotate through areas that relate to our clinical pathway. So I have pretty general interests. I love a bit of emergency medicine, a bit of general practice, a bit of women's health. At the moment, I am on a relieving term. So I do a little bit of everything, a bit of a jack of all trades around the hospital. So this year so far, I've done three months in the emergency department and I've done a little bit of rehabilitation. I've dabbled in oncology and for the last six weeks, I've been on a seven nights on, seven nights off roster covering the medical and respiratory wards at the hospital. Medical residents always are busy. So if we were to follow you around for a day before COVID-19 set in in Melbourne, what would your day be like? What sort of patients would you be seeing? I see everyone. On the medical wards, you get a huge range of different patients. I see anyone from the age of 18 to 100 pretty much. And the medical wards see all your classic lung conditions, heart conditions. They see endocrine and hormonal conditions, mental health conditions. It's really a bit of everything. And especially in the ED that I work at, you just never know what's going to walk in the door, really. So things must have got really busy as COVID started to take a hold of people in Melbourne. What changed at the hospital? I remember the first time I heard of COVID and that was when I was on my annual leave in Argentina. I was floating in a lake in Bariloche and one of the other backpackers, he said to me, how about that coronavirus? (laughs) And I thought, A, where did that come from? And B, coronavirus is a family of virus. Which specific one are you talking about? And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I went back to Australia and I started my three months in the emergency department. And while I was there, 
it really transformed. Initially, the ED is hugely under strain. There's people waiting there for 10 hours plus to be seen anyway. And the department, it split in half. We had a respiratory side and then a non-respiratory side, which is now a high risk and a low risk zone. Our face-to-face handovers, they turned to Zoom. The teaching went online. Um, We had to refer over the phone instead of by person. And we were getting all this different advice. It was always changing. So, for example, one day you'd rock up and there would be a team meeting and they'd say, all right, we've just learned that you need to wash your clothes at 60 degrees. Then the next day you'd turn up and they say, all right, we're wearing masks at all times. And now we're wearing goggles at all times. And then we moved our emergency department upstairs into the wards so that we could have extra beds in the department and then you'd see really odd changes because hand sanitizer was becoming really popular and so people were actually stealing it from the hospital so hand sanitizer became screwed to the walls it became secured with cable ties Alcohol wipes were really hot property, so you had to ask permission to use them. And the the shortage of PPE became quite apparent at the start during the first wave. We started to recycle our masks at one point, and then we were considering reusing our gowns. So it was looking pretty dire for a point. So Alex, you started working as a frontline worker for healthcare during COVID for some of the COVID patients. Tell us more about that. When someone comes into hospital in the emergency department, they are screened at triage and put into a either high risk or low risk bucket, if you like. And if you meet any of the criteria for a potential case of COVID, you receive a swab. And until your swab comes back, either positive or negative, everyone has to treat you like you do have COVID. So that means Going into a single room, it means you wearing a mask. It means when your nurses and your doctors come in, they have to wear gloves, they have to wear a gown, they have to wear a mask, they have to wear eye protection. And there's a whole donning and doffing process that's involved, making sure that you don't infect yourself. So we've got to be super careful when we're dealing with suspected COVID patients. And there were whole wards that were transformed into COVID wards. So the hospital's definitely been put under a lot of strain. Gee, so it must have been busier than ever. When did you first realise that you may have the COVID virus? It was on my last night of seven nights on. So I'd worked 88 hours that week and I became a little bit breathless when I was walking around the wards and my muscles, they really ached and my heart rate didn't really drop below 100. And I, I couldn't really put that down to the week that I'd had. And so I got tested straight away after I finished my shift. And I was lucky enough to use the Hotels for Heroes government initiative. So I could isolate straight away, away from my housemates, because I live with three housemates and one of whom is a doctor. So to avoid the risk of cross transmission in our household, I got out of there straight away. And then 24 hours later, I got the call in my hotel room. And then the mammoth contact tracing effort began, the the who, the what, the when, the where, the what were you wearing sort of questions. And um, unfortunately, my housemates, my partner's housemates and several of the doctors that I'd been working with for the seven nights previous had to be sent into quarantine for 14 days. 
And now I'm at day 11 today. So the end is in sight. Do you know if and where you were infected and whether you were still infecting people? I believe I was infected by one particular patient who we're trying to still figure out whether they might have been a super spreader because there's other healthcare workers who have also tested positive in the same ward. So the investigation still continues, but the scary part is that this patient that I believe I could have contracted it from, I pronounced him dead a few days later. So it's it weighs on your mind a little bit that this strain of virus that I have is capable of um, killing someone. And I'm very lucky that I'm young, I'm fit, I only have mild symptoms, but it really drills down how careful we have to be going forward. Yes, especially those of us with compromised immune systems. So when you got the results, how did you feel? I... I felt quite guilty at the start because I guess you never want to be responsible for giving someone an illness and I felt incredibly guilty that I'd sent all of these people into isolation potentially for from me catching it you know was I wearing my PPE incorrectly did I take off my mask and accidentally talk to someone did I cough on someone by accident yeah, I I felt guilty for quite a few days and I, even though everyone says, you know, it's not your fault, you still feel like there's something that you could have done. And I think luckily I didn't come into contact with my family or anyone who is immunocompromised in that time that I would have been infectious for. I actually haven't seen my family in months because of that very reason. I didn't feel like I could live with it if I gave it to my parents who would give it to my grandma who they lived next to. Yeah, so it's it's been quite stressful. I can imagine. I want to talk to you about why you decided to do medicine. What was the call for you as Alex to be Dr Alex? I went into medicine to be handy, to be someone that could be useful in an emergency from a knowledge point of view, but also so that I could be someone that would bridge that gap between the confusing scientific jargon and connect that to the patient experience on a human level. I I love having a chat with my patients at work. I really find it quite enjoyable. And as hard as it is sometimes, I really, really embrace the harder moments in medicine. I think that's where I tend to shine a little bit. When I had to call this family to let them know that their relative had died of coronavirus, it was three o'clock in the morning and no one wants to receive that call. But I could tell that that family really appreciated being given the time to have that information soak in and to talk about it, to talk about how they were feeling. I think as tragic as those moments are, that's why I got into medicine so that I can be that person to help someone through a really challenging situation. The public certainly appreciate people who take on the field of medicine with such humanity and heartfelt need to care for people. And I think um, you're definitely one of those people, Alex. 
it's always really lovely to meet someone who loves their job and feels like they make a difference. Tell me about your colleagues as well. They're on the front line. My colleagues are amazing. Everyone who works at the hospital, whether it's doctors, whether it's nurses, physios, ward clerks, everyone who works at a hospital is just made of gold, really. And I think that they are all doing incredibly well in such an adverse situation. As great as the doctor of medicine was at Melbourne University, you can't prepare someone to work in a pandemic and everyone is doing the absolute best that they can. Everyone is scared and stressed that they're going to bring this virus home to their families, to their loved ones, but everyone continues to show up every day at work because they're all in it for exactly the right reasons, the same reasons that I am. No doubt you're keen to get back into it. This pandemic hasn't made you change your mind about a career choice. No, definitely not. No, this year has has made me realise that I'm doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. And as challenging as it is sometimes, I know that it's the right thing for me to be doing. There's a few logistical challenges from here on in. I think that it's going to take a few days to figure out when I can go back to work when DHHS is going to clear me and you know what that looks like going back to work and having the occasional cough and everyone look at you <laughs> and you say, oh, I've already had it. When you realised that you may have COVID and then found out you did have it, did you just think, okay, that goes with the job, we can handle this? Yeah, I guess you always consider that you might get it. You don't prepare for it every day. But sometimes I found myself thinking, is this what I signed up for? Is this what I signed up for to put my body on the line every day at work, particularly in these hairy moments where you might really contract it? And how did you answer that question? I think when you're putting on your PPE, you're going to see a patient who's tested positive. It is, you kind of got to gear yourself up for it. You kind of Got to think, all right, this is my job. They're just like anyone else. And now particularly that I have COVID, I'm just like anyone else. I would want someone to treat me exactly the same. So you treat that patient exactly the same. You just follow a few extra precautions. Alex, do you go back over the day where you think you got infected about what you were doing and how you were doing it? Does that keep continuing like a loop in your brain? It does. But then... I have been working on the medical and respiratory wards at night and there are so many patients who are positive for coronavirus. So it's impossible to tell which patient I got it from, but it's important just to fall back on the training that we've had at our hospital and the advice from the infectious diseases and infection prevention teams about donning and doffing and using face shields, using eye protection, all the different masks that we use. So I think we have all the correct systems in place to protect ourselves. It's just about remaining vigilant. Alex, how have you kept yourself busy in hotel isolation? Well, I've been absolutely spoilt. I've received a lot of care packages from my family. My mum thought it was hilarious to include a recorder and a how-to-play recorder book. So I've been torturing my neighbours in the (laughs) adjacent hotel rooms. Uh, But one of the first things I did when I got in here was to order a paint-by-numbers kit off eBay. 
So that came last Wednesday. So I've been trying my hand at some amateur painting of Japanese gardens. I can't wait to see the picture. Um, You should see the sourdough that I made this morning. It's excellent. (laughs) This is classic COVID bread making. I think uh, the whole nation will have become bakers. Mm. Well, the sad thing is, Andy, I can't taste it and I can't smell it. So one of my symptoms is that I lost my smell a week ago and um, it's it's made mealtimes quite bland. My housemate, my old housemate, is doing some research into coronavirus and anosmia, which is the lack of smell, and she sent me a smell test in the mail last week and you've got 40 smells in a scratchy sort of kit and I guessed all 40 of them. And I scored 11 out of 40, which is just above the cutoff for a participant that is malingering. (laughs) You poor thing. I hope your smell comes back. (laughs) I hope so too. (laughs) Do you think um, there are consequences for having had COVID in terms of you're not going to be facing COVID shame, are you? I don't think so. I definitely have concerns about the long-term effects of COVID. We don't really know how our respiratory function will be going forwards, especially for people who already have pre-existing chronic health conditions. I wonder how long the antibodies that my immune system have made towards the virus will protect me from reinfection. We don't really know what that's going to look like. At, At today's count, we don't have any confirmed reinfections with COVID-19, but that could change if the virus mutates. I'm looking forward to donating my convalescent plasma, which will contain all the antibodies against COVID-19 that my immune system has generated. So that can be used in patients with compromised immune systems and in clinical trials. So that's really exciting. So Alex, what advice do you have to future graduates who are thinking about entering the field of medicine? I think go for it. It's a really... It's a really long road to be a doctor. It's seven years of slogging away at the books while your friends from high school, you know, they might have full-time jobs by the time you are looking at doing your graduate study. So it's hard to see everyone else progress around you, but it's really worth it at the end. You can make such a difference in people's lives. And although it's really challenging on a emotional and intellectual level it's been one of the most worthwhile choices and I had a great time in medical school I was lucky enough to go to Norway for six months on exchange and I I did my GP placement in Bright and I had all these wonderful experiences during medical school so I would really recommend people to follow a career in healthcare I found it so worthwhile. I love my work. I love my colleagues. I think the job that we do is really challenging, really exhausting, but so worthwhile. And in any job, there's going to be bad days. And sometimes this job has particularly bad days, but also I think it's all the more rewarding for it. Alex, I'm putting you on the soapbox in Canberra to the whole entire public nation. Um, What's your advice to the public as someone on the front line who contracted COVID? I would say that we don't know everything about this virus and our advice, it has to change as we discover new things about it. So our stance on masks has changed, our stance on visitors in hospitals, in the treatment that we give for coronavirus, on the sorts of people that we swab. 
it's all constantly being changed as we learn more. And I understand that that's really frustrating. And I understand that everyone is getting fatigued hearing just bad news every day, how many people have died. And I'm absolutely guilty of it too. I find it exhausting listening to the daily updates and sometimes it's easier to tune out. But it's so important to stay vigilant to make those small changes in your day, to stay home if you can, to get tested if you're sick, to wear a mask when you're out. Victorians did such a good job during the first wave, so much so that we pretty much considered it a non-event from the emergency department that I was working in. We'd done all this preparation and it just didn't get bad. But during the second wave, I think it's so important to continue social distancing, continue to stay up to date and just stay vigilant so that we can see the other side of this. On behalf of society, (laughs) thank you. And I know that a lot of society has been applauding and clapping at their frontline workers. That must make you feel good. It it does. It's it's nice to be supported by the community at the same time. Work can be really stressful, but it's really nice to hear that we've got the support of the public. And I'd just like to say that if if you do feel that way, then just keep supporting us by washing your hands, staying socially distant, getting tested if you're sick. I think that's really important and we would definitely all appreciate that because we could tell that it worked in the first wave and hopefully it can get us through the second wave. Dr Alex McCutcheon, thank you. Thanks, Andy. Pleasure. Thank you to Dr Alex McCutcheon, Dr Andy Horvath and Dr Jennifer Henry at Advancement Services at the University of Melbourne. Special thanks go to all the frontline healthcare workers, as well as the cleaners and support staff at all hospitals and clinics. Globally, we have sadly lost some health professionals and workers in hospitals. Honour their work and stay safe. This was Five Things About Dr Alex McCutcheon, frontline healthcare worker. Five Things About was made possible by the University of Melbourne. This episode was recorded on July 27, 2020. Audio engineering and editing by me, Chris Hatzis. Co-production, Dr. Andy Horvath. Five Things About is licensed under Creative Commons Copyright 2020, the University of Melbourne. I'm Chris Hatzis. Join us again next time for another Five Things About.